Welcome to IP Frequently. IP Frequently is brought to you by Dominion Harbor Enterprises and is sponsored by IPedia. IPedia, innovation clarity that provides real, actionable patent intelligence. Join our hosts, David Pridham and Brad Sheaf, advancing the issues of intellectual property. Hey, welcome to another episode of IP Frequently. I am Brad Sheaf. I am here, as I always am, with my good friend and colleague, uh, Mr. David Pridham. We are excited to be here and excited to have another opportunity to talk with you folk today about the vagaries of intellectual property. So, David, I ask you, one man to another, what's on your mind? Well, Brad, a lot of things. Ah, good. A lot of things. Um... I uh, am excited about the uh, NCAA tournament coming up and the bracket. I've got to start doing my bracket, and so yeah. I've been thinking about how that plays with, mm-hmm. you know, the whole intellectual property thing. Um, and I'm still working on that part. Good. But have you picked your final team? Because I, the way I look at it, let mm-hmm. me just—I I don't want to give you a little bit of a tip. Okay. I'm thinking I'm thinking it's it's going to be. Um, I'm pretty confident North Carolina is going to get in there because mm-hmm. they looked really strong last year, mm-hmm. and I like uh, Gonzaga. I think for the other finalists, I, and I think South Carolina could sneak in to the Final Four. I know a lot of people haven't given the Gamecocks much of a chance, but I think they're. I think they could be a sleeper team, and I also like that Oregon team. The 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 Beavers. They're they're very, very. Uh, sneaky, fast. They're quick, and their bigs can get get on the board. So I, that that's you know again. Go, I don't want to I don't want to get bogged down. Ducks instead of the Beavers. I, I'd be more and be more with you on that. Now the thing you, you point out, South Carolina. That's interesting. As you say, dark horse. A lot of people not looking there, but their women's team is they could they could back well. up UConn. I think they could. They could. And not. I'm not sure with the way that bracket works out, whether they wind up playing each other, but they, they certainly could, and then that would be interesting, right, to have the two South Carolina teams in there. I think the Tobacco Road play is a good one. I, I don't, I'm not sure whether it's going to be UNC or it's going to be Duke, but Duke tends to crap the sheets in yeah. the NC2A yeah. tournament. I would not put my money on Duke. No matter how good those guys look during the regular season, they tend to do poorly in the tournament. So I, I like where your head's at with that. And I think you're right about South Carolina. I think they, the in terms of the women's team, they have a really good um, perimeter game. Um, I don't know if they're going to be able to beat UConn, though, but I do think if you look further into the SEC, maybe a Mississippi State, Mississippi right. type, you know, I think probably Mississippi State. That's a strong team. Yeah, those, those, girls, can, those girls can ball. I think they're on one seat. Those girls can ball. So, as we say here in the IP Frequently business, them girls can ball. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's so enough locker enough room. That. Enough locker room talk. Locker room what talk. Do, what do you think about um, what do you think about this week? What would you like to cover? I know we've invited some folks on, and um, uh, we haven't heard back from director director Lee yet. Um, so we're waiting on that. I'm yeah. sure that'll be coming in the next couple of weeks. I think Professor Lemley is also um, someone we've invited on. Invited on. He's responded. And he's trying to clear some time in his Sorry, precious no. calendar. Yeah. Um, and we reached out to that Tesla guy, but he has not responded to emails. No, oddly, he hasn't Strange. responded. Um, well, and then Sir Edmund Koch, we're still working on. You point out, Director Lee, and obviously the way things would appear to be shaking out, um, I think the Commerce Secretary will be confirmed soon, if, if, if he hasn't already been, and likely to be Mr. Ross. 
And, uh, I, you know, I, I see them making a move there, right? I, I don't know how this whole Michelle Lee thing got kicked off and why it seems to be so complicated. And for the record, before anyone asks a question, I also don't care, right? So I think we talked last time about whether or not a director could even make a difference there. But if you think there's going to be a change made by the, the Trump administration, then there's some names that have been bandied about fairly regularly. Phil Johnson being one of them, not to be confused since we were talking basketball with Phil Jackson and the triangle. That's a completely different thing. So you got Phil Johnson of Johnson & Johnson uh, fame. Yeah. And uh, it's, that's not a picture of your chunk, is it? We're not going to know. I might, might, I'm not might sure. be. Okay. Um, luckily, this is radio. No one else has to see that. But uh, you got Phil Johnson, Judge Rader. What do you think? Judge Rader, yes, no? Look, I think, I think again, I, I subscribe to the theory of who cares. Yep. And I don't lose any sleep over this. But at the, uh, can we take a time out and ask what you do lose sleep over occasionally? I can think of two things I can name right now. Woman's Final Four. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. And and again, I, I, I'm not making any predictions there except I just don't see UConn getting through this year. It's hard to win that many games in a row, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the other ones would be little people that live in your house. Yeah, also, that would, that would make me lose sleep. Those. Yeah. Squirrels yeah. in the Attic. When I was in law school yeah. at the great George Mason, now Antonin Scalia School of Law. Correct. I lived on North Nelson Street in Arlington, Arlington, mm. Virginia. Right. The Named after Lord Nelson. The Commonwealth. Correct. And um, Lord Admiral Nelson. There were squirrels in the attic in, in both cases. Is this a euphemism? No, it's both. Okay. And so the guy, you, you call the guy, right? Because whenever you have a problem like that, you call the guy. Yeah, sure. You need a guy. And this is back in the this is back in the late nineties. I don't want to date myself here, but this wasn't something where you could just pop open the the old uh, the old uh, you know PC and find somebody on the uh, the, the World Wide Web. Right. You had to go to the phone book and and I don't even know where you look for someone who can eradicate a squirrel problem. But he, he, he goes in, it was one of those attics you climb up and I mean, yeah, you yeah, pop yeah, your head yeah, up yeah. there and like this guy is eye to eye with a squirrel. That would make me lose sleep. And just right. hearing them scurry around there, right. constant movement. They never slept. No. And they tore that attic apart. Well, squirrels are nothing if not watchful and diligent. They've got nuts to collect. There's only a certain season for nut collection. Yeah. Gotta warm up your cheeks. Yeah. I, I mean, mean that, that's a euphemism that's as a, well, but let's just let's just do this. But I mean, we, I do want to talk about the the, the potential at the patent office but i also want to think in the context of the next round of would you rather mm. and sort of putting your head up into a bucket duct taping it and having a couple of rabid squirrels go at your face Ooh, that'd be bad. without the ability to, yeah yeah so anyway i look i think i think um johnson would be fine raider would be fine i think they'd both be steps up and i think if they actually were proactive and did something then i think they would be good for innovation and i think it's important to um to, to grow the economy, you, you have to be able to protect the shit that you develop and the shit that you invent, and having people steal it without paying for it is um, is is not acceptable. But having some certainty at the end of the day that what you spent all this money on with the government, uh, you know, is going to bear some fruit or is worth something. Otherwise, why fucking do it? Correct. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. And you and know, that's it. Hold on for all of the. We've had a lot of people. Who've called in about some of the salty language on IP frequently? That's a buck in the in the swear jar. For yeah, the we do have here. a swear jar. We yeah. do put the money into Don't it. Don't want to offend anybody on, on on IP frequently. Right. Yeah, heaven forbid we're getting some of our friends north of the border upset. Don't want to do that. Or south of the border. Don't want to upset anyone here. Sorry. So 
I, you know, last time at the risk of contradicting ourselves, last time we because no one in the IP space square, swears at all. No one curses as fuck at all in the IP space. Well, that's clearly not true. I know. Right. That's why all this mail we're getting about a couple of f bombs here or there, which are targeted to make a point. So it's more like a precision f bomb. Good just lord! Like, you know, like sticks of f bombs dropping out of a B seventeen. It's not like you're just saying it for the hell of it. It's, it's these are literally. Uh, situations where, we're, where we're trying to make a damn point. Goodness gracious! I mean, it's it's un, it's unbelievable. I mean, Don't you can, you can, mail you can march in the streets in this country these days, and you can you can throw bottle rockets at police, and there's nothing happens to you. But you say fuck once on a highly touted podcast, and then all hell breaks loose. All hell breaks loose. Right. We'll have to see if we can find a highly touted broadcast. Podcast where someone. Well, I think, I, my friend, I think you're participating in one as we speak. Even as we speak, the mail does come in large stacks. Our poor secretary has got to deal with it, but good for her. Um, it's all part of her fitness program. And last time we talked a bit about how it may not make a difference who the director is because trying to manage a bureaucracy is like any other bureaucracy, oftentimes difficult to make anything happen, but let's let's imagine we live in a world where that were possible. I think I would start, and especially if you get someone who has a background of, of, a, of a Johnson or a Raider, I would start first and foremost reigning in the PTAB, right? I mean, there's just nothing about the PTAB that helps, right? I mean, to my knowledge. Now, setting aside appeals that come out of prosecution, obviously you need a board for that, but the whole patent trial thing where you, you've set up a process where not only do you never have quiet title to what you pointed out earlier, it was a very expensive supposed right, and you never have quiet title to it. And oh, by the way, the same group of clowns that issued it to you are now going to take it away from you uh, on just a preponderance of the evidence standard. That has to be reined in. And so who do you think between... Johnson and Raider would be most likely, now whether or not they're capable is a separate issue, but would be most likely to rein the PTAB in. Well, I think Raider clearly has some um, legal experience running the federal circuit. And I, I, quite frankly, it's probably one of the few times it's, it's, it's ran okay was when Raider was the chief judge. So I'd probably lean a little bit towards Raider, I think either of them would be obviously a huge improvement over um, uh, Lee, and I, and, I, and I think you're right. I think reigning in the PTAB, I mean, who who, who are the PTAB? Who, who are these judges? Well, I, I, nominally clowns, if you look at some yeah. of the things that are written, and they're arrogant, presumptuous clowns. Where do they right? come from? Well, they, they, who knows where they come from? They're, they're administrative patent judges, yeah. but I guarantee you they march around their little condos in robes requiring their spouses and Some significant others Some to call them your honor, yeah. right, which is ridiculous. And, you know, they take pot shots at actual practicing legal professionals. They act as though their jurisprudence, you know, ought to be found in a law school book someplace. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. I don't know where they come from. Uh, I wish they would go back there and continue doing whatever it was they were doing before, but they, the, the majority of them, you know, paint with too broad a brush, but the majority of them are not good. 
They're not yeah. good at their job. Here's a question for you. I know we, we are in this industry where you can't say fuck on a podcast and people get all up in arms if you Can question. you say pot on a fuckcast? Probably. Okay. Um, but but every, everything is just, just down the middle. We, we have to operate within old paradigms. Why couldn't we... Um, where does it say that you can't actually have... I know this is outrageous, but an inventor as part of the PTAB, as an administrative judge, someone who has actually invented something. Oh, you mean someone who has a background? Someone who has actually developed there? a goddamn patent that they've licensed, that they've developed products under. Why not? Why not no, something like no, that? No, because then, because then you would have a patent owner, inventor, innovator's perspective. We don't want that. The objective is to get all rid of all these all these troublesome patents. Right. Just get rid of them. And I, and, I, and I love the fact that people hear this and roll their eyes and say, you know, don't understand. The ALJs are highly technical, and they know it's bullshit. Yeah, that, and that again, is bullshit. Another dollar in the swear jar, but the— Is that the, a dollar? I thought just the F-bomb was No, a it's, believe it's me, all it's, a dollar? it's a lot. It's a lot. Oh, I it's should a lot. check. Um, but it, it's insane, and, and heaven forbid— and I've always said this about the Supreme Court, too, um, that you could put, you could put a, a non-judge on the Supreme Court and it would do great things for this country— um, you, you, the, what, what should happen here is there should be a portion of the administrative judges who are have a legal background, but who've invented something, who've invented a patent, Amen. who've defended a patent, Amen. who've actually gone through this ridiculous process where you have these people in these ivory towers who've never gonna, done, a, done a damn thing in their lives who are simply kowtowing to some of these large uh, tech companies and these companies that just want to destroy patents. And all they're doing is they're wasting the money of um, uh, small inventors, small companies, startups, and they're wasting their time. Because what would be much easier here is if the patent office said to certain types of people, you're not going to get a patent. So don't waste your fucking money. You're not going to get a patent. It's not going to happen. and, and it's just arbitrary, whatever, but we're just not going to give you a patent. It would save a lot of time. Yeah. Right? And consternation. It might be frustrating to hear that you're just not going to get a patent. Yeah. But I'd rather have someone tell me that than have me spend tens of thousands of dollars to get one, tens of thousands of dollars more, well into the six figures to defend it in, a, in an IPR, a CBMR, a PGR, uh, only to see the whole thing just go down the drain because some APJ who, you know, once opened a law book and sniffed it maybe was hit in the head by it by their mom used yeah. it as a doorstop yeah. winds up adjudicating let me ask you a patent. question though. I think a more important question because I'm just I'm here and I'm obviously trying to keep up with you in terms of PTAB statistics oh boy and I just happened on to Mark Lemley's Twitter page professor oh, sorry I'm sorry that happened and he says that he is an RPG addict at present Tomb Raider so I'm assuming RPG is some sort of gaming. Is this playing fucking games? I, the only thing I know RPG from, just again background-wise, is a rocket-propelled grenade. Yeah. And is that I part would of the keep game? Those away from Professor Lemley yeah. with a head that big, right? I mean, an RPG, you're not going to miss. It's um, pretty what, what remarkable. Is, what is it? Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider. I I I I don't know anything. We about need it. input from the producer. Yeah. He well he he definitely plays games. Oh, and then the mark. And just for those of you playing at home, I know we've got these features. The people, and, I, and every time I get stopped on the street, the other day I was in line at the uh, Burger King, um, and someone stopped me and said, "What are you gonna? Wh- wh- what are you? Where are you going with these 
features of the day, right? Because the last podcast, I guess we did a lot of predicting Super Bowl results. Yeah, well, some some podcasts we did. Yeah, and didn't get to the. So here's the Mark Lemley tweet of the day. Oh, good. You guys ready for this? Stand by. Uh, Mark Lemley tweeted it one day ago, um, and I'm quoting here, audio of my oral argument in the Federal Circuit today in Adjusticom versus Newegg is here. And then there's a colon, and then there's a link to the... That's the tweet. Tweet it out as oral argument. Yeah. Federal Circuit. Yeah, yes. I would do it in the Thurston Howell voice, (laughs) but why bother, right? (laughs) So that's the tweet of the day. Yeah. <laughs> you can't make it up. Maybe he should be an ALJ. No, but seriously though, going back to the going back to the patent office, shouldn't they just say if you're a small shop or if you're an individual inventor and they don't like you, um, they just well, no, should, I mean, you're not going to get a patent. Say, what they should say is, look, what you have here. We'll use yourself as an example. Me? What you have here, Mr. Pridham, is a is a valuable invention. Okay, so th- this is innovative. It's novel. It's not obvious. Mm-hmm. You have a written specification for it. So because it's valuable and you're actually innovating and this is going to be commercially successful, we're not going to give you this patent because if we do, you're going to try and actually use it for what a patent was designed and built for. You're going to try and monetize your innovative ability. And so some giant tech incumbent like Google is simply going to not pay you, drag the the litigation out as long as possible and throw the thing in for an IPR where we, the patent office, will promptly invalidate this patent that we would theoretically give you. So we have this shortcut program. It's sort of like the patent prosecution highway, but it's more like the patent prosecution shortcut to the cliff. Like a highway to hell. Correct, right. Uh, Trademark, uh, ACDC 1974. Oh, right over the cliff. So you don't have to waste your time and money, and you get this sort of encapsulated frustration, right? So you're super frustrated. You're like, wait a minute, I have a legal right to apply for this. And they just, we're just not going to do that. Experience the frustration now in a super condensed format that would typically be spread out over a 10 to 15-year period where you do nothing but lose money, even though inarguably you invented this. You know what would be interesting? What if you anonymized the patent application process? Yeah, well, what? Yes. So, so all of the patent applications that come in from oh, Amazon, for the examiner, so and the they come in from Google, and the they come in from know. Joe Blow. Mm-hmm. What if you did that? I mean, it, you know, we're in this yeah. land. We're talking about unmasking and all right. that stuff with right. respect to wiretapping. Right. What about if you? What if you did that? And then, because I, I do think when you look at the stats, those large companies are getting a higher percentage of their applications allowed right. than individual inventors. It's just a fact. Well, faster. Yeah, Certainly faster, fast. and it's a fact. And I mean, I suppose at some level you're going to know by um, virtue of who's doing the prosecution because you've got to get all those thieves who do the prosecution for um, the large companies who just feast on these incestuous relationships to the patent office. But what if you did that? It'd be interesting to see, right? Yeah. Because some of the bullshit that companies like Amazon are patenting. Which, quite frankly, it's stuff that, that in a lot of cases should be patentable. But the, the 101 quagmire, which we talked about before, is such a fucking mess that you can't even decipher that. But if you didn't know it was Amazon, mm-hmm. and if it were just some you know Joe Blow or some small company, these, these applications wouldn't be given the deference that they're given. right? But I think in a lot of cases, examiners look at the name on the patent no, sure. and decide the patent's value based on that. Well, that's human nature, right? I mean, you've, you, oh, this is Amazon. Oh, this is Apple. I yeah. have one. I have an iPhone. I like that. I think that's nifty, right? I mean, maybe I'll issue their patent. 
I think there's no doubt that if you anonymize it, what would be even more interesting would be to switch applicants. Yeah. Take Joe Blow, put him on Amazon's pad. Yeah. Take Amazon, put him on Joe Blow's pad. Amaz- and Amazon's going to pay for it. And Amazon yeah. is going to pay for it. That's the, that, that, that would be the best because right. then Joe Blow could take the Amazon patent and try to license Amazon to it, and Amazon could tell Joe Blow, well, we're not going to pay for it. This Joe is Blow, ridiculous. Joe, this Blow is could say, Joe Blow could say, well, wait a minute, but you're clearly doing this. You're clearly right. stealing my invention. And Amazon would say, well, prove it. And Amazon will say, it's going to cost me Fifty grand or a hundred grand to file an IPR soup to nuts right. with this firm of ham and eggers that I'm right. using over right. here, right. and I know that the IPR is going to result in the invalidation of your patent. But the reality is, it's their patent, <laughs> that's right? Correct. So that's in this in yeah. this alternate universe. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's 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 unbelievable. The reverse stick up is unbelievable. The 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 presumption that large firm patents are more valuable than individual inventor patents is, is outrageous. And I think at the end of the day, what's most outrageous of all is that Mark Lemley tweet of the day. It's sort of like if Barry Bonds hit a home run, and then he immediately tweeted out the link to the video of the home run, except for the fact that he's not. Now, I know I see your face, okay. and I'm not saying that Thurston is Barry Bonds. But or that say, even it's a home run. For all we know, his oral argument was a bunt that he fouled down the third base line. Probably is. That's true. Hold on a second. We've got new tweets from Thurston. Uh Without competition, saying government should be run like a business is really saying I wish government were more like my cable company. Again, see, this is why I don't have Twitter and why Twitter should probably go away. Yeah, and here's another one. Innovation is supposed to be disruptive, not predictable. If you expect certain outcomes from investing in innovation, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. No, thank God for him. Yeah. Well. Little quotes from Mark. Uncle Mark. Uncle Mark. Making a, so now we're all dumber for having read those tweets. Well, maybe we should go play video games. Good. What was it? Ra- Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider. Yeah. Okay. That just doesn't sound. No, but that, that's an example of what's happening, right? People are playing too many video games, and they're saying fucking stupid stuff like that. Tweeting out right? their oral argument. The only people that want no predictability and innovation are the people that are stealing. Correct. Right? But I'll tell you what. I will tell you what. If someone took away his joystick... Right, he'd be up in fucking so arms. to speak. Yeah, or, or took away the the, the, the six dice and producer knows how many die are, die are there in the Dungeons and Dragons, the big the, the, the game. Is there how many? Or his Wizards Club, or whatever the fuck he would. I mean, uh, are so you saying the then he'd guy. be up in arms? Then it would be a federal case, Supreme Court. Yeah, you know the Ascot and all yeah, would be yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine scarf and head outdoors? Can you imagine? No, I can't. I, I, I don't even want to imagine. Well, it. I think we've accomplished a lot here today, and I should say. For the record, in a couple of weeks, it'll be my colleague's 49th birthday. So we want to wish him a happy birthday. I know we've had a lot of folks um, write in. We, we, we got some great, um, great uh, mail, some great encouragement. Uh, some of the videos you send are disturbing, but we're, we're still we watch watching them. them. We, we watch, watch them, all. them, and I appreciate it. I appreciate the effort that's been put forth, the cards and letters. Makes a guy feel good. Luckily, this is a radio program. I am going to be 49. I don't look a day over 65. Yeah. It just is what it is. So, but it, as always, it's been a pleasure. I, I Working with you on this podcast is a highlight of, of every opportunity we have it, and I appreciate our sponsor, Nick and Sam's, as well as... Ipedia. Ipedia, the automation, the automation of innovation. Of innovation. Yeah, and I, and I will say also for that promised episode... About um, pet inventions and pet inventors. Pet inventions. Yeah, uh, we're going to talk about that next time, and we're going to have some very, very 
um, interesting four-legged guests. Correct. And furry. Furry friends. Furry friends. And on that note, we'll sign off here from IP Frequently. Thank you, and good night.